You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. You're here on Pet Life Radio listening to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, sitting here in unbelievably sunny Southern California in the high 80s today. It's insane. It's almost Thanksgiving, and I'm, we're basking in the sunshine. Um, not that I'm complaining. I kind of like it. So uh, you're catching us here live. 1 o'clock Western Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions about your pets. You call, we answer. Uh, along with the answer, we send you, depending on what might be appropriate, a free ProSense pet product. And uh, hopefully, it's free. The advice is free. Just give us a call, 877-385-8882. Go ahead and send me a text or a quick email to Dr. Jeff. That's drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I realized it was crazy as I was signing off the show last week and we we're talking about whether or not we're going to be here Thanksgiving. I'm pushing Thanksgiving because I was two weeks early. We have a yet, not only today, we have another week. And then it looks like on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we will be on air. We're hoping to at least. So if you get a chance, no excuse because you won't be working. You'll be watching some football maybe. But uh, take a quick break for a half hour and listen to us live here on Pet Life Radio. So uh, anyway, we actually have a caller. Keith was calling in. This is the true sign of someone who loves to listen to our show. They're calling in before we even start the show, which I love. And uh, anyway, so Keith is called in with a question, and we asked him to hold. And Keith, are you there? Sure am, Dr. Jeff. Thank you for uh, taking my question. Sure. Go ahead. What's up? What can we help you with today? Okay. I have a problem. And, uh, you know, finally, I said, maybe Dr. Jeff knows it. My dog, Max A. Pooch, is a wonderful dog. He performs in front of people. I can take him any place I want to. He's been at schools. He's been wherever, inside public buildings, whatever. I take him to the vet and he takes the vet's hands off. He's traumatized. His background is he's a rescue dog. We rescued him at about six months of age. And he went from, we believe he was isolated in a basement. Uh And then he went from that environment to an animal shelter where he was vetted. He had to have an operation, hernia operation, and of course his shots. He probably had never been to a vet before. And we've tried different vets, different genders, male, female. He gets in the parking lot of a veterinarian and he gets one whiff 50 feet away and he just starts to tremble. Well, first Any of all, you, ideas? absolutely, I have a lot of ideas. And you said the magic word right there at the very last line. You said it gets a whiff. And, um, and that is so important because so, here's what's going on. This poor dog obviously was in a bad situation somewhere at the beginning. And so can you imagine, imagine a little kid. That's why, you know, it's interesting you say that. I can walk into an exam room wearing my white coat, sometimes my stethoscope draped around my neck. And fortunately, my patients are not like Max. They actually will run over to me and give me major tongue. However, if mom is there with her small child as well, and I walk in that room and the kid starts to cry. So it's all about experience. And poor Max, obviously, 
had a horrendous experience between the surgery, having his neuter, the hernia fixed, the injections, maybe the way he was handled from that very first veterinarian, especially if it was a shelter kind of veterinarian, maybe, you know, that for them, they don't have that relationship. They have this such good stuff they're doing, and it's thankless for the shelter vets that work on these animals because they don't get to maintain that long-term relationship. So next thing you know, that puppy, who probably didn't like them very much, they don't ever have a chance to make nice and make it better. So now that poor dog, poor Max, is petrified. And unlike the wonderful experience he's having at the schools and with the kids and, and positive reinforcement, and I'm sure you at home and your friends, you take him to that miserable smelling place where I, all I remember is all the pain and the, 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 oh, God, after I left that place, my belly or my you-know-what hurt for weeks. And you, do you want to go back? I mean, come on. Can you imagine? <laughs> no way. You, right. Can you imagine if little kids remember, you know, little boys, I should say, be specific, remember what sometimes happens to them at the hospital before they leave, right? And, uh, and, and they're not going to want to go back to a doctor. So these are the, some of the concerns that we have. This is what we have, what we associate. So having said that, is Max fixable? Absolutely. But what we need to do is we need to do two things. And this is the, basically the keys to... Well, you know, behavior modification. And that is we're going to need to, A, desensitize him to that experience, to that vet hospital. And while we're doing that, we're going to try to counter condition. So not only does he not just not like it, but he actually looks forward to it. And when you're doing behavior mod in any kind of animal, everything is very small, calculated baby steps. So first of all, obviously, you take him places, he's okay in the car. So what you're going to need right, to do right. right, is you're going to take him in the car and you're talking to him and he's you know, safely strapped in and in his harness, whatever, or in his carrier. And you're going to pull into that parking lot and you're going to go, oh, Max, we're here. Oh, my God, you're such a good boy. And give him his favorite, and I mean favorite treat. You do not take him out of the carrier or out of his harness. You do not even stop the car. And you move on to your next location, maybe back home, wherever it's going to be. And you need to do this every day for a few days. Then what you're going to do is you're going to stop the car, sit in the car. He's still not taking him out. And every time it's hugs and kisses and treats. So now he's starting to make an association so different than that that he was used to. He's saying to himself, oh, my God, this place isn't that bad. I'm coming up here. I'm getting treats. Dad's giving me hugs and kisses. What, what could be bad about this? Then when he seems to be somewhat tolerant, and this could take weeks, by the way, Keith. It's a slow process. Then you're going to take him out of the car. If he's in the carrier, keep him in the carrier. Otherwise, put his leash on, walk him into the vet hospital, sit there for about, you know, ask him to sit as soon as you walk in the door, give him his hugs, kisses, treats, the whole bit, and then leave. So what you, can, you can see what we're doing now. We're trying to create an environment and a situation that he actually is going to look forward to. He is actually going to associate First, the parking lot, which you said, and it's true. He already knows the smells as soon as he gets to the parking lot. Then the, the, the lobby, the waiting area, and it's going to be fun. Now, what you want to do next is not have Max go into one of the exam rooms. You're going to have the exam room, i.e. the technician and or well, preferably the doctor, come out to Max. And guess what the doctor is going to have with him? Treat. Those favorite treats. And he's going to come into the waiting room and say, hey, Max. You're such a good boy. Give him a treat and then walk away and you leave. And each visit, each training session is going to be a little bit closer to that exam room. And there is going to be for the first several times that Max is in that exam room, there is nothing 
bad going to happen? No poking, no prodding. It's going to be pets. It's going to be maybe a little good-tasting toothpaste to rub into the gums. It's maybe just lifting the ear to take a look and then giving him a treat. We are, in essence, going to retrain Max slowly to actually like going to the vet. And you know, I, I wish you were here in California. I would have him done in a day. But I'm just telling you that it is totally possible, but it's going to take a little work. And, of course, cooperation from the staff and the vet. That, that may mean I, I may have to look for a different vet then. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. If you don't think that this veterinary hospital, the veterinarian or the staff, would be willing to work with you on this one, then 100% you need to find another one because okay, this is now, really what it's all about. Let me ask you a question uh, along those lines. There's a vet that a friend of mine told me of, a doctor who has a mobile clinic and okay. makes house calls. Great. Would that, just having that person, if they were willing to, come to the house and give them a treat and leave and then eventually Absolutely. gain trust with Absolutely. In other words, the first visit, the first two visits have nothing to do with Max's medical health. It's like another friend coming over the house. In fact, I would not even have a white coat. I wouldn't even have a stethoscope. I would just have him walk in, knock the door. So you're Max. Oh, my God. You're such a good boy. And give him his treat and a couple of pats on the head, a little hug, and then that's it. Okay, and yes, it, well, I... It definitely can be done. I have taken dogs that are literally... I got a call from a client once, and uh, similar situation. They were fired by a number of veterinary hospitals. They told me that this dog has bitten many, that he heard that I was... Uh, I had to get a kick out of I was laughing when he told me that we heard you're an expert with aggressive dogs, which I, there's no such thing as... An, I mean, you have to be patient, and you have to understand them and know what uh, has created this fear. It's usually fear-biting when they do it. So I told him very similar. I said, I said, look, I want you to come here. I do not want you to come in the building. I want you to call me on the cell when you're there, and I'm going to come outside, and I had to always equip with treats. And I said, I want to say what you want to do. I didn't even want you in the parking lot. I want you to walk halfway down the street, down the block. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk by you. I'm just a passerby now. I'm wearing my regular street clothes. And as I walk by you, I want you to hand me the leash so the dog's not going to know. So now it's almost like a passing of the baton. I walk by, they hand me the leash, and all of a sudden, this dog is, I'm on a heel. This dog is healing with me, total stranger. And as I'm walking, I'm talking to him with a nice voice, and I'm giving him some treats along the way. I stop to sit, ask him to sit. He sits. I give him a little pat on the head, gives him more treats. I walk past the owners, and I now take him into my parking lot. By the time this maybe half-hour session was done, I had examined him, listened to him with a stethoscope, checked his mouth, and given him his vaccines. And wow, that'd be great because right now they put them asleep. I mean, they sedate them, and yeah. that's when they give them his shots. And of course, because he's he's already stuff. you know we look we have some cats that are like that you know cats from hell. We try to do what we call fear free or anxiety free practice, where we really want to make the experience good. You know, you should also try uh, some pheromones. There, you know, you can you might find a, a veterinarian that promotes this. There's some actually, believe it or not, there were some scientists that actually worked with musicians and they did some brain testing on cats and dogs and they came up with certain music that seems to appeal to dogs and another set that appeals to cats. And there's some veterinarians that I know that are playing this music in one of the waiting rooms, their exam rooms. So they come in there and it naturally calms the cat and the dog. Uh, You can have the pheromone sprays, which help a lot. There's these clips that some cats respond to. We call clipnosis. So there are certainly ways to calm these dogs, calm these cats, to actually make the experience positive. Because when you think of stress and what it does to the body, 
what it does to you know, just all you have to do is measure heart rate, let alone levels of cortisol. It actually is so detrimental to the smooth functioning of the body. So when you have these veterinarians or these veterinary hospitals that, in essence, force themselves on the pet, they are doing this poor pet a very huge disservice. Not, I mean, health wise. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it precludes me from, you know, I always debate, like he, he had a, oh, he finally took him in, but he was lumping. And, you know, the question in my mind is, do I want to put him under the stress? Exactly. What's worse, the limp? limp. So <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe he's better off limping for an extra day or two and not have to put him through all that. I know what you mean. Yeah. So I would try that. But I think the house call vet is a good idea. Try it. If the person is nice and is willing to, to work with you a little bit, then you're scoring a home run. Okay, well, thank you so much. We'll give that and a then, try. Because and also, Keith, why don't you I, send me uh, information to Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio, and we'll go ahead and send you out. And how old is Max? Max just turned seven. Okay, we'll send you out something, probably a good senior vitamin or something from ProSense Pet Products, our sponsors, to keep uh, you and Max happy. All right? Okay, well, thank you All again, right. Dr. Jeff. All right, Keith, thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Follow up with us, okay? Let us know how it okay, goes. Okay, will do. Bye-bye. 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 How easy was that, everybody listening? That Just give us a call here on Pet Life Radio. We'll get to talk about your pet, your pet's problems. Hopefully, I'll solve your problems. I'll certainly help. So um, anyway, it's time for that, that mid-show, a little over mid-show break. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff and uh, sponsored by our good friends at ProSense and Walmart. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And I want to welcome everyone back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio on this magnificent Thursday here, at least magnificent here in Southern California. It's been in the 80s. It's been crazy. We get these winds called Santa Ana's, and they just blow in all the hot air, 
And um, I mean, November 14th, two weeks before Thanksgiving, and it literally, it's going to be 88 or 89 degrees here, 80 degrees at the beach. I know. <laughs> I can hear many of you in different parts of the country saying, what the heck is he complaining about? Oh, trust me, I'm not complaining. That's why I love living here in California. But speaking of uh, the East Coast, where I know you're not doing as well, I heard that Minnesota's already got snow and, and it's been 24 degrees or something in Chicago. But in two weeks, I'm going to be in New York. I'm actually going to be doing with Tucker Carlson on Fox and Friends Sunday morning. We're going to do a piece on the holidays and maybe even a little something on plastic surgery for pets. And then Monday, I'll be doing The Better Show, which is they're both filmed in New York City. And I may even do some local stuff in New York since I'll be there already. So tune in, not this Sunday, Monday, but next Sunday, Monday, Fox and Friends in the morning on Sunday, and then The Better Show on Monday. Anyway, we uh, just finished up uh, helping uh, Keith out with some problems with Max, his seven-year-old little dog who just seems to be uh, a land shark only with the vet. Everyone else, he's fantastic. So we talked about that. And sure enough, as often the case with shows like this, many of the questions that come in are behavior-related. And we've asked you to not be shy and to go ahead and send us your questions. And if you don't want to call them in, then I can deal with that and go ahead and send us uh, an email. So we did get one such email I'm going to share with you. It's from Alex and Jess listening in from Wisconsin. And it goes like this. It's greetings true. We have an eight-year-old house tabby brute who has grown up with my girlfriend since near birth. He has considered her room as a safe haven and sleeping area for his whole life, sleeping by her head, on me sometimes, etc. Abruptly, he has stopped coming into a room, waiting and deeply meowing at the entrance to a room. He'll go on the bed if we lightly chase him in, but he'll only stay on for five to eight minutes before jumping off as if something scared him. He will no longer go onto the bed as well, yet has been his hiding spot for his entire life. Brute is another brother from the same litter who only comes into the room now and then, which might be a factor. However, they get along quite well. Both are housecots. He's not displaying any abnormal behavior other than that, so we're clueless as to what to do. And nothing in his life or in the environment has changed. Any thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. So, Alex and Jess, a couple of things. Well, one thing has changed, and I don't know how long uh, I would imagine with names like Alex and Jess, it can go either way. But let me guess for a second that maybe Alex is Alexandra and Jess is the guy. But it certainly, <laughs> I know girls named, named Jesse too. So, I'm a little at a loss. But the introduction of a new body, a new person taking over the girlfriend, taking over Brute's mom, if you will can present with some problems, and I don't know how much that relationship has changed where you might be there more often than before, and Brute is feeling a little bit neglected and maybe resentful of the fact that now there is this new person who is sharing the bed that was Brute's bed, and now he's saying, basically, to heck with you. That's one possibility. Another possibility, which you have to rule out, certainly in an eight-year-old cat, and that is something medical. So I don't know when the last full physical brute had, but at eight years of age, for a cat, that's about a time by seven or eight, you really want to get some urine done, get some blood work done, do an x-ray, listen to the chest, just to make sure that everything is in order. Because those are sometimes, though, I mean, it could be a serious problem or something more serious. It's something you want to rule out before you start dealing with something that you think is behavioral. And it may not be behavioral. It may be actually something physiologic, something medical, something skeletal, etc. So I think that that needs to be explored before you start some of the behavior things. Now, 
let's assume now that it is more behavioral, which, by the way, I, I think it is. I would try some very simple anxiety relaxing mechanisms. One, of course, and I, I do refer to these a lot, and those are the pheromones. One such pheromone readily available is the feel away. Pet stores have it. Your veterinarian, I'm sure, has it. And try spraying some feel away, or you can use a diffuser plug in delivery in the room where you want him to feel that particular calm. If you keep a litter box in there or the, the adjacent bathroom, that's fine. Continue to do so. And also, if he is the type of cat, if Brute's the type of cat that likes catnip, then try that as well. Put some catnip around the areas. You can get a catnip spray where you want him to be. And of course, if he is treat motivated, get those whatever little treat he likes, little fish, little chicken treats, then make sure to every time he walks in the room, every time he goes under the bed, every time he jumps on the bed, he gets a treat. And probably the boyfriend, Alex or Jess, I don't know which is which, as I said, should be the one delivering the treats. And let's make the experience, again, this is assuming there's nothing medical or physiologic going on, let's make the experience just more attractive for Brute. Let's make the experience one that he actually looks forward to instead of one that he's going to start to resent and see if those things work. Now, if those things have been tried and still not working, there are some more potent forms of anxiety medication that have to be prescribed by your veterinarian. Medications like amitriptyline, buspirone, fluoxetine. These are the anti-anxiety medications that we often will prescribe to assist with some behavior modification, anti-anxiety, anti-aggression issues that seem to affect our cats. And one thing I will will give you, and I'm not going to use it necessarily as a cop-out, but I have to let you know that we would often say in veterinary school, give us the toughest medical or surgical problem for a cat over a cat behavior problem any day of the week. I mean, give me that broken leg, give me that cancer, but you know, sometimes they might be easier to deal with than a cat behavior problem because they are typically very, very challenging. So guys, I hope you're listening. Alex and Jess from Wisconsin, try these things with Brute. If you have tried them, please feel free to contact me directly at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com and we can talk some more. If you'd like, you can leave me your phone number as well, and we can go ahead and I will give you a call and see if we can't get to the bottom of this. Also, I'm, you know, I would imagine I'm not the first person that has tried to solve this problem, so uh, let me know what has been tried already, and if these things, some of these ideas are new, then by all means, go for it and then get back to me and uh, give me an update. So, um, anything else? Uh, let's see. We're, we're, I got to go so fast here. So, we're nearing the end of our wonderful fast 30 minutes. I do want you to know that I will be here next Thursday, same time, same channel here on Pet Life Radio. So please go ahead and give me a call. And also that if you want to send me questions via mail, that might be a good idea as well. I can read them on air. You still get the the benefit of getting our little gift from ProSense Pet Products. But if I have to do any kind of homework or any kind of research, I can do so as well. Though most of these things, trust me, it's not the first time I've heard them. So uh, we're usually pretty prepared. So once again, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week here on Ask Vets with Dr. Jeff, PetLifeRadio.com. Once again, to reach me, 877-385-8882 or Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And we will see you here next week. Thanks a lot. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.